You're listening to The Homeschool Journal, a show from the Memoria Press Podcast Network, where we bring you encouragement through real-life stories, homeschooling tips, and practical application to help you on your homeschool journey. Here's your host, Carrie McGraw. Welcome back to The Homeschool Journal. I'm so glad you're with us today. We have a record number of guests. We've got a bunch of moms that are going to call in today and talk to us about their experiences in this special season. And yes, that is all about homeschooling Christmas. Now, these this is the season of giving, and these moms are going to give their time with us, and they're going to share experiences, they're going to share traditions, and I'm definitely going to ask for some survival tactics. Because I know Christmas can mean so many different things, can be different stresses at different ages and different stages. For those of you out there who still have all your young ones, I remember that with great bliss, but it was busy. And then for those like me where half of them are gone and half of them are still at home, it's another kind of stress just to try to get everybody together. And then for some of us, it's a remembrance time of loved ones that we've lost. So in this season, I hope that we can bring comfort. And in the spirit of comfort, that you will go and grab a cup of hot cocoa and load it with marshmallows, no guilt, sit back on the couch, put on a warm blanket, and listen with us as we talk about the beautiful season of Christmas. And I hope that you will take away new hopes, new ideas, and great cheer. So we are starting our episode today with the multi-talented Elizabeth Colley out of South Carolina. Welcome, Elizabeth. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's exciting here today. We're going to have four moms today. That's our biggest guest list yet, Elizabeth. So before we um, get into some questions that I have for you, I want to tell our listeners a little bit about you and your family. Elizabeth has three children, ages nine, six, and three. And that one, well, she's, they're almost three, right? Almost three? Yes, almost three. December 14th. December 14th. So nearly a Christmas baby. Um, And while your background is in public education, you have always homeschooled and you've been using Memorial Press materials for five years. Now, everyone should know also that Elizabeth started a cottage school in her community in 2018. So when I describe Elizabeth as a busy mom, trust me, she's a very busy mom. And for all of our busy moms out there, Elizabeth, here's where we're going to start. How do you switch gears from homeschooling to the holidays when with all these things that that run into any homeschooler schedule particularly yours how do you switch those gears i am hoping that you allow yourself a break um absolutely we do um and this has certainly changed with the ages and stages of our children when they were younger with newborns and toddlers, our schedule pretty much just stayed the same, um, revolved around their routines, and we just incorporated holiday activities into their schedule. But now that we have two school-aged children, we definitely do take a pause from our school schedule and shift gears entirely so that we can fully enjoy the holiday season. That's good to hear because I think we all deserve it, right? Absolutely, yes. And so um, tell me about that shifting, that, that whole process of shifting gears and, um, you know, what you allow yourself to do. And um, maybe you've got some survival tactics you can share mm, with us, please. Sure. Uh, well, the longer we have homeschooled, which, as you mentioned, was five years now with Memorial Press, 
the more I have realized our need for margin in our family schedule and not just around the Christmas season, but, but really all year long. Um, our home is much more peaceful and Christmas is so much more enjoyable when we do take a break and um, just focus on holiday activities instead of adding them on top of a school schedule. So as you mentioned, we are a part of a cottage school and so we follow our school calendar which breaks the second week of December. And so when we get to the second week of December and we finish out that week's worth of school, we zip up those backpacks and we close the curriculum manuals and we set them aside for three weeks and just enjoy all the books and the music and the activities of the holiday season to the fullest and enjoy a much more relaxed schedule Um, Some of those um, activities that we do are pulled from their curriculum, such as um, in third grade, The Best Christmas Pageant Ever is a book that (laughs) my son will read. And um, in first grade, The Laura Ingalls Wilder Christmas Treasury. Mm -hmm. So those things provide a great transition um, into the Mm -hmm. Christmas season while still adding some structure. But it is much more relaxed than... And Memoria this. Press, they, they, they plan it very well in, Absolutely. That, in that way. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. Leading the families into the season is a, is a beautiful thing um, that they do. And I love what you said about, about margin, allowing margin and, and that break. And, and you also applied that to the rest of the year, too. Um, and, and so how does that work for you in, in the rest of the year? Just a little bit, touch on that really quick. Um, just being mindful um, of the limitations of our family um, during whatever season that we are in. So mm-hmm. directly related to survival at Christmas, our last baby was born December 14th. So that yes. Christmas three years ago looked very different from the ones before it. And so whether this Christmas season you're juggling an illness or moving or welcoming a new baby or um, death and grief... Just be realistic about what is wise and good for your family and look for the blessings for the season that you're in. Oh, that's so beautiful. And you know, one of the things that I always did was, and I called it clear the calendar, just clear Um, the calendar. And, and that meant no doctor's appointments and no, you know, no extra sports or activities just because the Christmas season can bring with it so much uh, to begin with, especially when they're young. So let's talk about the activities that you all do in the home, these special traditions that are are, that your family thinks is really important and that you participate in. Because, you know, the Christmas season, when I use that word, Elizabeth, what I'm referring to is is, is a, gr- a grander time for me anyway, because for me, it begins with Advent. It begins with the preparation season. And then I move into the Christmas season. So tell me about, for you, how that begins. Um, uh, that's right. I think uh, to really enjoy that season, you do, when possible, you know, need to plan ahead because Advent starts um, before, way before Christmas. And mm-hmm. so way before. Um, kind of planning ahead and prepping the things that you know you want to include. And so for us, that is Advent devotions. And um, we have a beautiful wood-carved candle holder that sits atop a fresh evergreen wreath. And so each day of Advent, we gather together as a family um, and we read a devotion together. This has also, you know, changed with the stages and ages and attention span of our children. Um, but with the purpose of um, gathering everyone together, of drawing our hearts heavenward, and having something that we are intentional to do each day leading up to Christmas. 
Now, some families find it challenging to balance the faith with the secular aspect of of Christmas. And so how have you all managed to do that? And and some people are afraid to bring up Santa Claus, but I'm going to bring him up. So and cuz yours are still young and mine aren't. Um can you can you share with us a little bit on that? Um sure. Well, we find um we do enjoy Santa and we find that Santa is a wonderful way to tie in the secular with the religious and to open up so many conversations about God's grace and the gifts that he bestows on his children. And I think that the beauty of our American Santa Claus are that his roots do come from a historical person from St. Nicholas, who truly was a servant of Christ. And so Mm -hmm. those images of Santa Claus during the season are wonderful opportunities to discuss the real St. Nicholas, whose life Mm -hmm. should inspire us to more fully serve God, but also the myths and the legends that surround St. Nicholas and Father Christmas and Kris Kringle, those stories can also be used to illustrate um, a greater and more glorious truth as well. So um, both Tolkien and Lewis embrace those fantasies as well, and I think that they can be um, a a great way to give gifts in the name of Father Christmas um, as a tradition for our family rests on that secret generosity of St. Nicholas and points our children to um, the true gift, the, 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 you know, the gift of Christmas absolutely, and, and our savior, absolutely. The nativity of our Lord. Well, before we finish any last things that you want to share as far as traditions, things that your family enjoys in the season. Oh, we do. Um, we love to bake Christmas cookies to um, use the recipes that were um, my grandmother's and my husband's grandmother and, and bake Christmas cookies to give as gifts. And um, we always make gingerbread Play-Doh. The children enjoy that. Oh, um, oh that's so to fun. Do. I've yes. never done that. <laughs> oh, it smells delicious and keeps all okay. the little hands occupied. I may have to ask you for that recipe, and um, and I may make my teenagers do that mm. just because it sounds that fun. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that may be a new Christmas tradition, even when you've got teenagers and older. Um, well, Elizabeth, thank you for sharing with us, and and I hope that the our listeners get to hear from you. You know, it doesn't have to be profound and huge, but the simple things, the simple time that your family spends together can be that that extra special Christmas and setting aside, like you said, giving margin. Elizabeth, thank you for your time today. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Merry Christmas to you and your family. And I hope we talk soon. So our next call-in mom is Christine Howison from Central Indiana. Christine, welcome. You are my second of four guests today. This is a novel day with four guests that I'm running through. We're so happy to have you. Great. Thanks for having me, Carrie. I'm excited to share holiday traditions. Wonderful. Well, we're going to get to those after I let our listeners know just a little bit about you. Christine has three children ages 11, 9, and 7. This is another young, busy family, which we got to speak to Elizabeth earlier in her young, busy family. But Christine is what I call a power mom. She has worked for the Navy. She worked um, in park districts outside the suburbs of Chicago. And this was all prior to staying home uh, with her children. 
She has been a classical homeschooler with Memoria Press since her oldest was in kindergarten, and they are currently using the Simply Classicals uh, curriculum. Um, So, Christine, I know that you and I have talked about, um, you know, before about the, the preparation for Christmas. So that's really where I want um, to start in our conversation and things that I know that you have to share with our listeners and special traditions. So, you know, we both come from um, faith where, you know, we have a liturgical calendar and, and that preparation time is, you know, very important to our families. So I'm going to open up with that and let you tell um, our listeners a little bit about your uh, Christmas season and how it starts. Um, Yeah, sure. Just for a quick little background, um, some of our traditions have evolved out of necessity. (laughs) Um, My husband is a a letter carrier, and so we kind of don't see him in December. And (laughs) he's always busy. You know, we don't get to spend those, you know, Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, Saturday. We don't get to spend all that time together. Oh, my goodness. but I definitely grew up in a family where we spent that time, you know, getting the tree up and we'd go to the mall and shop and we'd um, go to a movie and stuff and spend all that time together. So uh, when my husband and I got married and that time wasn't available, um, I really kind of had to shift our focus because it was stressing me out. Like, oh, getting the tree up on the day after Thanksgiving all by myself with three kids, three and under. And I just, you know, I was like, oh. And then I remembered, wait a minute, we have the whole month of December to prepare for Christmas. Right. The birth of our Lord. Right. And so, you know, I searched, you know, high and low family traditions and things like that. And I really kind of wanted to keep things simpler, but I really struggled with not having a decorated house for the month of December. And so some of our things, again, have evolved through time where we do place the most focus on more religious items in more uh, in our uh, the month of December, but we still add slowly in some of the things that I was trying to do maybe in a weekend before. Right. And so we do set up a little Christmas tree, just a little teeny tiny one, and we put um, purple lights on it and purple garland, and then we use that as our Jesse tree. Um, which are basically Old Testament readings um, that discuss Christ's genealogy. And so every night you read a different uh, part of the Bible from the Old Testament. And so every night you put on a little ornament that we, I wanted to do something fancy, but we just, the kids colored them. I laminated them years ago and they just stick them on the tree. But last year, Um, One of the other things that I do is I make an advent wreath out of pine needles. We do a fake Christmas tree. So this is where I get some real, you know, pine kind of smell in our house. Mm -hmm. And I realized as I had this semblance of branches, I was like, well, this is actually better for the Jesse tree. We add color to these kind of brown um, or, you know, to this kind of brown uh, tree stems and I added it to a glass jar. And then by the end of the season, it's full of these colorful ornaments. And so um, I had sent you a picture of like our prayer table. And so we switched last year from putting the ornaments on the Christmas tree to putting it on these branches. And then we have Mary traveling um, each day on the back side of um, 
these these numbers, we are able to see how many it counts down the days and Mary travels closer to the tree. Oh, how special. Oh, did you did you find this somewhere or was this something that you I did find it online somewhere and I'm really sorry that I can't give the original person credit because I have I searched high and low for where I found those. Um, but it's just simply they're just numbers, you know, one to twenty five. So mm-hmm. we don't necessarily start on the first Sunday of Advent, but that's more of a December tradition. And then um I bought the Mary statue that are not the Mary, um the Mary and Joseph on a donkey statue uh, at Amazon. And then the Jesse ornaments, again, the numbers on the top and on the back side of it is the Jesse ornament. And you can Google those coloring sheets. Sure. You know, or, Absolutely. Uh, and that's a great, great thing to, to mention to, you know, our young families, especially. I mean, obviously, there's so much out there that we can find as far as activities. So, so kind of in that same line, speaking of activities. You know, you mentioned earlier all the, the typical season things, you know, the shopping. And then, you know, so how does your family mix that secular with the faith traditions throughout the season of Christmas? Yeah, so we just really spread it out. We're in a college town and the college puts up this really big Christmas tree. But because of graduation being around the 15th of December, we actually have to do that early. It's not something we could do closer to Christmas because they actually take it down. Mm-hmm. And they, um, the, the dining services makes this huge life, um, you know, probably about preschool height gingerbread house every year. And the kids can actually go inside the gingerbread house. Oh, wow. And That's a dream. College, <laughs> yes. And then college kids, they have a little gingerbread scene um, competition. So there'll be five, six, seven, eight, ten different, you know, there was like a Harry Potter one. There was a you know, a Disney one or just, you know, different kinds of um, scenes made out of gingerbread. And so then we'll go and visit those. Our town has a parade that's in early December. We'll do that. Um, We do go look at Christmas lights and we just turn on the Polar Express while we're looking at the lights. Oh, that's so sweet. We do the same thing. (laughs) Drive around and find, try to find the best neighborhoods, you know, for all the Christmas lights. Exactly. Uh And then on Saturday, we um, turn our family movie nights just into Christmas movie nights. Oh, how precious. See, and these are memories, memories that we make and the kids, you know, carry forward. So the last thing I want to ask you is about, you know, being a busy mom. Do you have any tips for moms, you know, as they look at shifting homeschooling, this busy season, all the things that have to come with it, so on and so forth? Yeah. So when December rolls around, we, I know some families will take the whole month of December off. And if you can do that, I think that's an, that's excellent advice. I have found, um, that we can't quite take the whole month off, but I definitely around November kind of look at where in the curriculum I want the kids to be by Christmas. And then I kind of just schedule it out that way. And we're usually able to reduce the workload by about half in December, because we start school in August, early, very early Mm -hmm. August, so that we can accommodate for that. And then, you know, just let the afternoons be filled with fun, you know, things. Maybe you bake a dozen cookies on one afternoon, and then maybe the next week you bake a dozen more instead of trying to bake, you know, 300 cookies in a day or whatever. And just really being, taking the whole month of December and anything that you would like to accomplish, just map it out. Oh, that's very good to map it out, to plan it out, you know, plan ahead so it doesn't jump up on you and, you know, 
know that know what you need in the cupboard you know, for the sake of those cookies. Yeah, so you can get the supplies ahead, but then also don't fret. And if you're a young family with kids four and under, you know, you can start build, building traditions where some families have been doing this for seven, eight, nine years. You might not be able to get to that place. Let, the, let it wait. <laughs> Do what you can this year. And next year, maybe you can add something different. Make a list of what you would really like to see and pick about half of it. And then maybe try and add one more thing the following year. Christine, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Great motivation to our families to, to, to think forward about building traditions. Christine, thank you so much for all the time that you've spent with us today and for sharing with us and for your ideas, your unique ideas um, on Christmas traditions. I wish you and your family Merry, Merry Christmas. You as well, Carrie. Thank Thanks, you. Helen. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, I have on the phone with me Kelly from Missouri. Now, Kelly is guest number three of four. I know it's a little bit longer today, folks, but hang in here with us. We've moved from some really young families where our first two interviews, Kelly, and now we're moving into families that are more like mine. We've got teenagers and we're moving on up the scale. Kelly, welcome today. I'm so glad you're here with us. Thank you. It's nice to be here. All right. Well, let me tell everybody a little bit about you before we go anywhere. Uh, Kelly has three boys. Her oldest two are Memoria Press Online Academy um, homeschool high school students. And her youngest is still homeschooling with her at the age of 16. He has autism. So he uses the Memoria Press classical composition and first form Latin. And something really special about Kelly's family is that her pastor husband has been serving their parish for 20 years. And so, Kelly, with that in mind, I can only imagine that being a pastor's wife, there have got to be some really special traditions that you um, can share with us today and our listeners. Sure. Right. We do have a lot of church-related traditions. Um, It is a busy time of year for my husband, but whether or not he was a a pastor, we would still be very involved um, during the Christmas season. Uh, one special tradition that we do have that's not really um, something affiliated with our church, but we've grown into over the years and have enjoyed celebrating with our children is St. Nicholas Day, which is on December 6th. And Mm -hmm. we started observing this day um, to kind of keep the focus of Christmas on Christ, but still have the St. Nicholas tradition of gift exchanges. So um, we started uh, doing this when our children were uh, probably, I would say, older elementary age, and we've stuck with it ever since, and my 20-somethings humor us still, and and we'll put their shoes out in expectation of receiving the small St. Nicholas gifts on the eve of December 5th. Well, I love that because we, we've talked previously in this podcast about, you know, starting traditions. And um, I love the fact that you are going to keep them going no matter what age the kiddos are. So tell us a little bit about, more about what they do uh, with St. Nicholas Day. Sure. Um, so on December 5th, the evening before, um, we'll put our shoes out um, and with the expectation that St. Nick will visit that evening. And he brings five golden coins, a peppermint stick, and now socks, but at one time it was additional candy, and 
over the years, the five chocolate coins have morphed into five gold $1 coins. And now they're a $5 <laughs> bill because we found that the $5 or the golden coins were being mistaken for tokens on the college campuses. So my children nicely <laughs> said they would prefer oh, a, a $5 bill. I know. So, um, <laughs> And they humor me, I think, because they will never refuse cash and then clothing to socks. So we sure. have we have fun with it. Um, it really That's wonderful. is centered around a book, a children's book about St. Nicholas that um, focuses on the fact that he was a real person, a Christian bishop who was known for his generosity. And the legend goes on to explain that he paid for the dowry of three poor young ladies. And um, so... We used to read that book every year on December 6th uh, as part of our morning mm -hmm. homeschool routine. We would start December 6th with that and then move on with the rest of our day and sucking on peppermint sticks. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More sugar. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so what about other things that your family might do um, that's, that's special about the, the Christmas season? And, you know, the Christmas season, as we've kind of touched on, really not just with you, but with others, is is really not, it's not just about Christmas Day, you know. Um, no, so yeah. tell me a little bit more about the other things that you guys get to do. Sure. Um, so we do follow the church calendar in our um, church body. And so we actually begin the Christmas season with Advent, which is a four-week um, kind of build-up towards Christmas Day. Or the preparation time. Uh-huh, mm -hmm. that's correct. And uh, so... The, we decorate our house also in keeping with kind of building up with anticipation to Christmas Day when we um, celebrate the birth of Christ. And the mm -hmm. first thing to come out in our house, um, the first Sunday of Advent, is our Advent wreath. And we put that in the middle of our dinner table, and we light it at evening when we're eating dinner. And we have had Advent devotions over the years, and currently we are wor working our way through reading the Psalms. It, it's kind of varied. As our children have gotten older, we used to use story Bibles, like the one that is in the Simply Classical curriculum. Sure, um, right. And now we just use our regular Bible now that our children are older. But that's always been kind of a focal point for us. And then the decorations in the house kind of gradually come out to kind of match how our church does it because they don't have everything all up at once in Advent. They do the Advent wreath, and then the following week they get their tree up and decorate that with lights and the Christmas ornaments. So we kind of match what our church does, and that's been helpful in teaching the faith to our children and come to find out it's helpful a helpful way to approach holidays with an autistic child. <laughs> oh, so, really? Yes, because it's kind of a an overwhelming time for them. They get, they feel emotions Too much. of excitement a little bit more intensely than mm -hmm. most people. And it can be overwhelming. The sensory input too would much be too stimuli. Much. Yes, right. exactly. Right. So Kelly, um, about epiphany, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a big thing for, for our family. Um, so thank you for sharing that, you know, because for our family, Christmas it really begins on Christmas Day. 
And and on, on December 26, I get a little depressed. I'm just going to admit this for a second because <laughs> everybody shuts off all the Christmas music. And for us, it just started. <laughs> so yeah. not that I haven't turned on some Christmas music beforehand because we're leading up to it. But, you know, for us our, in our faith, you know, we go through what to the feast day of the baptism of the Lord. That's what we that's we where we end Christmas. But Epiphany. Um, is is a, a common celebration here in our church in that our church all gets together. So, um, and we have an open house. Now, I don't, can't say that's going to happen this year, obviously. So th- that's, this is a poignant time to, to share uh, traditions so that we can share a little bit of comfort with each other, too, um, in this time and age. But I will say this, too. I'm going to share this with you. I am always the one in the neighborhood that has their decorations up the longest. So <laughs> that, would be that <laughs> is... Yeah, that great. See, I figured. That's why I thought I could say that here. Um, I'm in good company. I can tell. <laughs> so tell me, the last thing I want to know, Kelly, is and because you mentioned this about your autistic son and the sensory input, and 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 yet we've talked um, earlier with other guests about how they how they transition into the season. But tell me how you transition out of this wonderful, happy season um, and get back into and into the homeschool season. You know, switching that schedule on the backside can be just as difficult. It, it is difficult even when your children are not autistic. <laughs> so it is even yes. more difficult for our 16-year-old on the spectrum. So what we do during the 12 days of Christmas um, is we slowly start undecorating the house that we've slowly decorated throughout Advent, and he often helps with that. Um, he kind of needs to be part of that process to kind of give it closure each year. And um, really, I also do not just jump into the school routine right away with him. Mm-hmm. I kind of build that up. They'll maybe do three days in the five-day school week and kind of build it up from there. Maybe it may take two or three weeks until we're back up to the five-day school routine that we've established for our household. But having him be a part of the decorating and the undecorating to kind of... That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And that's very wise, Mom. I know. You're a very it's wise, Mom. <laughs> trial and that's and a error. beautiful way... <laughs> Well, I love how you talk about winding down the season. That's that's just as special on, on the backside. So, Kelly, I want to say thank you so much for the traditions and the special observances that you have shared with us today, and I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much. Okay, we are now with Debbie Rackers, another family from Missouri. Debbie's our fourth and final call-in for today that's going to spend a little bit of time with us sharing about her family's special traditions and how they make it through the season. Debbie, welcome. Hi, glad to be here. Thanks for being here with us. Now, I want to tell everybody a little bit about your family. You have seven children. Your oldest is 26 and your youngest is seven. She has been homeschooling going on 15 years and using Memoria Press, and she currently has three that are still at home, actively homeschooling, an 11th grader, an 8th grader, and a 1st grader. And Debbie, you are the perfect person for me to ask about... You know, with all these age ranges, you do you take a break from homeschooling? I'm sure that you do, but but beyond that, how do you get everybody back together? Yeah, you, and you know that has our what we've done has just changed over the years because when I started out, my oldest was in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. 
We were all homeschooling. My husband worked at home. Like we had flexibility. We would take the whole month of December off and just focus on, you know, cleaning the house because <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> ever get done when, when homeschooling is going on. Um, we'd bake, we'd, you know, get, get all the shopping done. And, and then, uh, you know, kids started hitting high school and well, high schoolers have to take finals and, you know, there was a lot more uh, pressure in the schedule that wasn't there when they were younger. And, you know, I didn't want my kids to like take a month off in December and then come back and have two weeks of lesson plans and then boom, finals of everything they've been doing since August. right? Right. So we really tried to schedule it so that we would be finished in mid-December. Nice. Knowing, of course, that if I schedule it to finish in mid-December, we might actually finish before Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I had to build that extra week or week and a half in there because, you know, things come up and we always get behind our, uh, if we're supposed to hit week 16 or 18 by December 15th, we're we're happy if we hit it by December 23rd. Um, But you know, we try to take off in the middle of December and just have uh, a week or so before Christmas where we can just kind of go take a deep breath and go, okay, now it's time to get ready for Christmas. Um, The college kids come home and once they come home, there's no getting the younger kids to focus. You know, the high schoolers can still get done and, and take their, their finals, but those younger kids, they, they want to go and, and play with the college kids that are home and, so, yeah, we try to take off um, from that mid-December. And then you know, I used to not want to come back and start school until after Epiphany, January 6th. Mm-hmm. That we used to have a, a big party on, on Epiphany, invite a bunch of friends over. Uh, after we moved, we didn't really have that party anymore. And it just it became apparent that the big kids, they wanted their summers, their, their friends were, you know, there was wiffle ball tournaments and there was going to six flags and there was going to this thing and that thing. And they wanted to be done, uh, by the end of, of May. And in order to do that, we had to start back earlier in January. So now we tend to start like the first Monday after new year's if we can. And, but again, there's still college kids home. They're usually here till mid January. So, you know, we, we try to start, and just do it. <laughs> right. And and just jump into it. And that was kind of the way we, we restarted. I think I was a drill sergeant. Okay, it's school. Um, I wasn't an ease and in mom. But let me let me say this. I'm, I'm wondering about with all of your different ages and stages, it is beautiful, the breadth of your family. How have any of your traditions changed through the years? Are there, are there still special things that you do because of those that that age range? Um, yeah, you know, we, we have to be flexible and adapt as the kids get older. And we've, one of the things I know that's, that's changed is we have this tradition that my husband's family has of the, we put up the tree, uh, you know, earlier, but the star that you put on the top of the tree doesn't go up until Christmas Eve. And that's always the youngest kid that's old enough to be able to do it. Uh, puts the star on the tree. Well, now our youngest is is seven, and she's getting too big to pick up and hold her up to put the <laughs> star on the tree. You know, so we're my son was uh, one of my sons was married in May, so we're anxiously awaiting grandchildren that can maybe help put that star <gasps> up on the tree. You oh, know, we had to kind of change some of those things around. Um, I know we used to try to wait until mid December to put the tree up, just so that we could 
you know, at least take the beginning of December to focus more on the preparation of the season. Mm -hmm. And then with kids being gone for college, they wouldn't get home sometimes until, you know, a few days before Christmas. And we didn't want to wait till then to put the tree up, but we didn't want them to not be there when we were decorating the tree. So for the last, I don't know, six or seven years, we've put the tree up on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Right. And at first I was like, I can't put the tree up that early. That's way too early. <laughs> but it was the, it's what enables everyone to be there. And yeah, because Debbie, I'm there too. I've got, you know, one that lives out of town now and I'm lucky to get her back in. I've got one that's in college and get that one back in. And, and, and so that's where our Christmas has moved to. And, and I want, you know, other families that are listening to, to hear that, that, you know, you can adjust and, and it's okay. I think that the focus is, you know, where our celebration is, where our hearts lie in the nativity of our Lord and in welcoming him as our ultimate gift of the season. And um, all of our families strive to do that. So Debbie, this has been wonderful because you are a voice of wisdom on the scheduling of a, a large family on managing all the ages and all the different stages. And we all get there at some point in time. So it's perfect to end our podcast with someone that can focus our younger families on the future. Debbie, I'm grateful for your time today. And I wish your family Merry Christmas. Well, and I hope you all have a Merry Christmas, and uh, thank you for having me. Thanks, Debbie. God bless. Friends, I know that you have enjoyed time here today with our four fantastic moms who shared with us their experiences, their traditions, and all the wonderful things that make up their Christmas seasons. I hope you take from that the importance of starting traditions, of continuing traditions. And before we go, I'll just share with you really quickly some of the traditions that have been important to my family. Over the Christmas season, and really starting at Thanksgiving and then beyond Christmas into Epiphany, we always find ways to serve. You'll find find us at a local soup kitchen. You'll find us at a food line that's meant specially uh, for families in a local neighborhood. You'll find us at nursing homes singing carols or playing bingo. And there may not be much of that that we can all do right now. But take comfort in the fact that we will all make this a special holiday season as we welcome the birth of our Savior and remember that Jesus is the reason for the season. From all of us here at Memoria Press and the Homeschool Journal, I wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Homeschool Journal. If you like the show, consider subscribing on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. A huge thank you to the Memoria Press Podcast Network for featuring our show. If you'd like more information, you can go to memoriapress.com. I'm Carrie McGraw. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Memoria Press Podcast Network, providing a classical Christian perspective on the world of education. To learn more about Memoria Press, visit memoriapress.com. To connect with us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.